Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome in to a special edition of the Vandy Sports Podcast. I am your host, Chris Lee. This is a special edition of the Vandy Sports Podcast, and with that, we will get right into the news. Our news is presented by our good friends at Sutherland and Belk, an SEC sports-loving injury firm in Nashville. These guys will shoot you straight on your rights and options when you have been injured in an accident. Please call them at 615-846-6200 to get your questions answered. You can also visit them online at sbinjurylaw.com. Vanderbilt has moved on from football coach Derek Mason. The Commodores dropped to 0-8 on Saturday with a 41-0 loss at Missouri, and offensive coordinator Todd Fitch will be the interim coach. The guest line is presented by Bowl and Branch, started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I had no clue how comfortable Bowl and Branch sheets could be until I got some. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them free for a month. You can return them, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to bowlandbranch.com. That is spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code VANDY and get $50 off your first set of sheets. The title sponsor of our podcast this year is Jody Jones DDS, trusted for his creative design and committed to both the function and aesthetics of your smile. Jody Jones provides a range of sought-after dental and cosmetic dentistry services at his practice in Nashville. He's earned the title of number one in Nashville for his cosmetic dentistry and provides a unique luxury environment for patients who want his famous Hollywood smile or other services. Patients enjoy getting services from Dr. Jones and his attentive team in a spy-like atmosphere. Dr. Jones has worked with many artists, movie stars, and celebrities over the years and is dedicated to providing first-rate results to all of his patients. He never compromises quality so patients can be confident they will always receive the highest level of care Thank you to Jody Jones DDS for making this season of the podcast possible. Bruno Reagan joins me now. Bruno, my plan right now was to sit back and watch the thrashing that the Titans were giving the Colts and to watch it with glee. Uh, The universe of football has other plans. Derek Mason has been dismissed within the last few minutes. I think we are both still uh, reeling from a lot of things this weekend, and this week it was a crazy week, and now this. I'd heard it was coming, but I've heard things so many times. I don't know what to believe. Here it is. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I think most people know where my public opinion of Mason has been from a personal standpoint. Me and him had a good working relationship. I mean, we, we still had a personal one too. I mean, I hit him, I hit him up before the season, wishing him luck. But whenever they get into what we joke is the fog of war, uh, I let them do their thing. And obviously, when I, I mean, Chris, like, let's be honest, when I joined the site and I, you know, I wanted to break into the world of journalism, I knew things change and things would be different, and I would have to do things that might be uncomfortable. But it doesn't change the mix of emotions I have either, because people might look at my most recent content 
and they're like, oh, you know, he hates everything about Vanderbilt, the school coach Mason, which is entirely not true. Like, I have the utmost respect for the guy. But I also believed the university had to set a standard for what's accepted and what's not accepted and what just what was on the field in year seven just wasn't doing it. So, I mean, big props to to athletic director Candace Story Lee. I mean, she, she made the call, and I, I'm sure it was a tough, tough call for her too, but I think it was the right one. Well, in spite of a lot of the happy talk around the program the last mm-hmm. few weeks and the, the propping of him up, it was obvious they needed to make a change. Uh, I do not think in spite of the happy talk yesterday surrounding the sideshow uh, that the football game took second stage two, that that yeah. went well. Um, I think we need to be careful what we say here, but I don't think at all. Uh, in fact, I know, and you do too, that the events of yesterday did not help him with his team. It didn't help him with the team, no. But, uh, I mean, the team's already – listen, it's an 0-8 season, and these guys – and they're playing into December in an 0-8 season. Like, these guys, let's be honest, man, they're in survival mode right now, and they're trying to do – everyone's trying to do what's best for themselves right now, and that doesn't create a good – that obviously obviously doesn't create a good team environment, but that's just where the team's at right now. And um, so you're kind of hoping that maybe they can put some things together and keep improving, use the rest of the reps they have to keep improving and maybe come together as a team for one to two weeks and pop out a win at the end of this thing. Well, let's, before we get into coaching candidates and some other stuff, mm-hmm. What are you thinking if you're a player right now? There's two weeks left. Your coach is gone. You're playing Georgia Saturday. You're a heavy underdog at then UT. I don't know that either of us can know what is going through players' heads at this point in time, but what mm-hmm. are you thinking if, if you put yourself in those shoes? Um, For an older guy, I'm, it's, just kind of, it's just kind of like – the tip of the iceberg cracking probably because they've committed four, three, four, five years to coach Mason and you're at the tail end of a season and you know it as if things already didn't feel like it was crumbling down. Like it just might feel like it's crumbling down more for some guys. There are some guys on the team that are going to see this as opportunities for playing time. Maybe, you know, new staff, new competitions open up. Uh, it's different with each guy, Chris, really it's different with whenever a coach gets fired. So when position coaches eventually get, retained or replaced some guys are going to react positively some guys are going to react negatively I don't think the overall dynamic of the team you know I I think players are smarter than we give credit for when you're 0 and 8 in the SEC in year 7 I'm sure some of them considered this a thing and they considered that into what they're going to decide for their futures too already they might have not thought about it you know directly but it's something that's been in their head Todd Fitch is the interim, according to the Hustler. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think he's done the best job so far. You know, the offense has progressed. Uh, that's where that's where their leader, Ken Seals, is going to be at. So, if you're going to make, and who knows how long ago they made this decision, Chris? For all we know, I mean, I don't have any insider information on that. If this decision was made yesterday or two days ago, or if this was like a planned thing and they knew off the bat, or if they were spontaneous, and then they just named Todd Fitch head coach. But I think Todd Fitch is probably the best choice to lead the team the last few games of the season. 
let's look forward. What do you think they need as a head coach? Uh, I saw Don Davenport tweeted, you know, something similar, a similar question. And my first and foremost point is they need someone who not specializes in recruiting, but they're above their much of their fit. They're super efficient at it, right? Like that's one of their top traits. I feel like with the facilities Vandy has, and who knows when that's going to get fixed, even if they say that they say they are getting guys who can compete at that level is going to be huge. And uh, Coach Mason was able to find some untalented guys such as myself and develop them. And we were competitive, but I think he now hit it on the hit, hit the nail on the head. Did it seem like he was throwing his players under the bus? Yeah, but he was like Jim, Jimmy, and Joe's like they win the game, and I I totally agree. And that's what the new coach needs to bring. I think that's why Franklin did so well. He brought some legit contending SEC prototype players in here. And that, you know, that'll work itself out. I think talent talent is definitely something important. So that's what I'm going to look for first in a head coach for Vanderbilt in this in this search. Um, do you think they do it in season? I did not think they would. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I Because, I mean, Coach, yeah. Coach Mason has a pretty good recruiting class right now, too, right? So it's it, – you, you run some risk, but listen, these – there's – People can think what they want of the athletic department and, and athletic director Lee, but they, they they calculate these things out. They take everything into consideration. I'm sure they've been talking about this for a while too. Um, you know, how is it going to affect recruit? How is it going to affect this, that? You know, boosters maybe behind the scenes that we don't know. But as far as I as far as I know, you know, that's just things we we don't know, Chris, off the top of the head. How far this thing goes back or how planned it was. But as far as like, you know, direct things like recruiting and stuff, that's probably what they were considering. I've been hearing this probably since early October that they were moving on. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I've heard so much. We we had that last spring too. I didn't. Yeah, we we we, did. We were really. We basically heard like it was the end, and then it just wasn't. And that was kind of what happened. So, so I wasn't believing it until I thought it was. I thought there was going to be decisions going to be after season for a few things. I was hearing things about the contract and how after season's more optimal and stuff. But I think props on her for obviously making the decision. She saw it was on the field yesterday as for production. Boom, that's how it was. Okay, we have put out a hot board. There are four names on it, and I did not just do the throw spaghetti against the wall. There's an angle <laughs> to all these guys. Uh, yeah, and there's some names that. Like, I had Willie Fritz on there at Tulane, and I took him off because I really didn't have anything to connect him with the job, except mm-hmm. that, okay, well, he's at Tulane, and that's a, a like school, a tough to win, that kind of thing, where it made sense, but there was nothing more than that to connect him. So the four names that are on there are all on there for a reason. Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina, Will Healy at Charlotte, Jeff Fisher, the former NFL coach, and the fourth one was Clark Lee, who is the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. I've got an idea of those four, the one I think I would pick, without knowing any more that I know. Uh, and I have some reasons for that. But would you go with one of those four names? If so, who would you go with? And why? Are you a Jamie would Chadwell you go somewhere guy? Else? I, I am, and Jamie, I'll, I'll tell yeah. you why. And, and no offense to those other guys, right? Um, uh-huh. I've been around Jeff Fisher a little bit, really like the guy. I think that Jeff could probably bring some underrated elements to the job. Now, the offense is the issue because uh, I, I think that he would have to get into 
the modern day times and bring an offensive coordinator that people could buy into. I, I think with Jeff, that's the big thing. I think Jeff does bring some other things, though. Uh, with Clark Lee, it's natural because he played here. His dad is an alum. I don't know if he's got a grandfather that was too, but that family has deep ties to Vanderbilt. Healy, of course, his uncle played at Vandy. He grew up, I believe, a Vanderbilt fan, did wonders at Austin P. I think mm-hmm. Will has wanted that job for a while now. And, and Chad Will, I've heard, actually, has got a lot of interest in that job. I, I heard that, I want to say, two to three weeks ago, and I thought at first, like, nah, that that's just a that's a rumor, right? As I, so I picked up the guy that told me, got a little more info on that, and then I've got another contact in the coaching industry, and I texted him. I just said, hey, look, I, I think this is maybe throwing spaghetti against a wall, but I heard this name today. And my the source on that one texted me back and said, yeah, I've, I've heard that too. I was going to text you. So apparently there is some legitimate interest there with Jamie Chadwell. I like him because he runs an offense that's hard to stop. It's like a triple option, but they pass more. So there's something in there for everybody because he's got an offense that's tough to scheme for, but it's not one that 90% of offensive players are going to thumb their nose at. Yeah. As far as for me, Chris, I think this I think this is a good board. I'm not too sold on Jeff Fisher mainly, and the only the only reason I'll explain right now before I really dive into these uh, dive into this coaching carousel because this will be my first in this position, right? But Jeff Fisher, uh, what I so I mentioned recruiting is going to be a huge thing, and I just don't know. Jeff Fisher has an unknown in that category, so that kind of that kind of puts him behind a little bit in my initial. In my initial thoughts, I mean, I think the top two guys by far are Jamie Chadwell and Will Healy right now. And those are two guys that, you know, this thing's going to play itself out. But those are two guys that I get pretty excited about when I hear connected to the job and that obviously they're both interested. I think Will Healy, the reason he was so successful, Austin P, and that's why I was drawn to him. I think, you know, I'm a, I was a Will Healy guy at first was, um, you know, Austin P had been a more abysmal than Vanderbilt fans could ever think like Vanderbilt fans see Vanderbilt and they're like this is bad Austin P was 10 times worse than that and Will Healy just somehow got guys to come to that school like he was getting transfers from SEC schools and stuff like he was getting guys to come and just change that program around and you know back-to-back winning seasons so that's why I was a big Healy guy but then after we talked about this I believe a week or two ago with some options and Jamie Chadwell was one of them and I didn't even know who it was at the time but then I started doing doing a little bit of research and now he's seven and oh I believe to start the season is he nine and oh now he might be nine and oh right now at Coastal Carolina so so I mean obviously the dude's winning right now. He's on he's on the up he's on the rise and that might be able to bring some excitement to the program too. So I I guess I need to start watching some games that these that these smaller teams are playing. And then the last one on your board was uh is it Clark Lee, Notre Dame defensive coordinator? That is correct. Okay. I'm not gonna act like I know much about him, so I'm gonna look that up. But in my I think this board's really good with the with these top two guys right now, Will Healy and uh and Chadwell. Yeah, and Healy, I think there's going to be a push of boosters who want him. I think that'll also be the case for Fisher, by the way. I don't know that the the Fisher faction will be as maybe loud mm-hmm. and strong as the Healy faction, and that's me speculating, but I know that both those candidates have some support. Chadwell's kind of the wild card because I don't know that most people viewed him, him as a guy who would be interested, and, and maybe they don't know him as much because that thing kind of blew up this year. But – 
I think the question with Will Healy is going to be age and maturity. And I don't mean in a bad way, just it's when he's young, he's in his early to mid thirties. Um, yep. You learn a lot of stuff in your forties and late thirties that, that you just don't know until you know it. I, I don't mean that to demean Will Healy at all. I think that he'd actually be a good hire, but I think that is going to be, I'm not going to say the hang up. I think that's going to be where the resistance with him is that and coordinators, because the word was last year, I believe he was involved in the Missouri search, and I think he wanted to bring some coordinators or coaches that maybe they didn't feel was ready. That's a little speculative, but that was the way I remember the okay. buzz at the time. But I think with Healy, those are the things to watch is how do those questions get answered? Yeah, for sure. And we can act, you know, these are things that are considered and things that are like – we can act like, you know, oh, it's just age or something. I mean, it's it's seriously considered maturity and stuff like that. So um, we're just going to have to hear from – because we're going to have to hear from our sources and from people inside the program in terms of who they're thinking to because these aren't the only two names that are – like Will Healy called Chadwell. They're not going to be the, the only two names that pop up, obviously, right? And, you know, with Vanderbilt, things just change – things change quickly. We're obviously going to be competing with other schools probably over some guys – so this is just the start of probably this is going to be a pretty lucrative job search. I don't think uh, Vanderbilt's going to go for for a coordinator either. I think they're going to go for already set head coach. I mean, I think that's the safe bet. So I think well, that's just immediate as an immediate reaction. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say the wild card is you've got Tommy McClellan here from the Louisiana Tech and you've got Todd Fitch has just been appointed interim coach. I really don't know one way or other. I mean, most of what I've heard on Fitch has been pretty positive in terms of how he has been received internally. I don't know if that's an angle in this to watch. I'm with you. I think that you go with an established head coach, and you've got a list of people uh, that are or should be interested in that job. I don't think that you really need to go there unless you've got a very compelling reason. No offense to Todd Fitch, and who knows, maybe depending on the coach, he gets asked to stay on. But I'm with you. I think that they can get a head coach. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe this is just an unwarranted comment from me, but I don't know if promo- if also like promoting anybody from the inside to the head coach position is going to be obviously the move either. You know, they have they're to generate any sort of buzz. This is an opportunity for there to be good buzz around Vanderbilt football opportunity because I spoke about this earlier in the season. Like if this if this season, like we all knew coming into the season, it was going to be a bad season, right? it was it was probably going to be winless especially playing SEC but if we just had a different head coach the narrative could be a lot different in terms of our offense improving like we're building up but the fact it was Mason's seventh year i mean that's 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 a natural thing that brings it down so having a new face a totally new face in there from out from the outside even if next season's obviously not not like a world beater season or a bowl season it's going to be something that can bring positive momentum to the program The thing that I will give them credit on, one of my criticisms about Vanderbilt for a while has been there are signs when you know it is time to move on for somebody, and they do that with people ad infinitum. They just let let people go on and on and on until they continue to cause damage to the situation that takes a while to overturn. I thought it was a big mistake last year not to make that decision. I know it was an expensive decision. But they let this carry on another year, 
you're looking at a team that is 0-8 heading into a game against Georgia that it's going to be a 25-30 point underdog in probably. Mm-hmm. I have not seen the line yet, but I'm guessing that's where it's going to settle. I mean, thankfully, whoever did it, whether it was the Chancellor's call or Candace's call or both of them together, and again, I've been hearing for a while uh, that they were wanting to move on. I don't know that Derek believed it, if he did or not, but you know, thankfully, this is one of those things that, that it should have been fixed years ago. Frankly, t- to be honest, they should have made this move year one. Yeah, after are you talking about after? Uh, yes, after because Temple? You, you know yeah. the you know the story. That was a that was a bad season. That was a bad season. Well, and and you know the kids knew that he was not prepared. And head coach in waiting and and on the train. I don't know why Vanderbilt insists on this, this on the job training with people that aren't qualified for things, but that's been its mo for a while now. And I I was just thinking at the time, okay, it is really hard to move on from a coach after one year. But under certain circumstances where it is clear that the guy is in over his head, you have to do it. You have to bite the bullet and swallow your pride, something the Vanderbilt's not good at doing. And mm-hmm. I just wonder what would have happened if they had done it then. Now, I will give him credit, Bruno, because he came a long way to getting them to a couple of six-win seasons. And frankly, I thought that the pit that he had started from was going to be so difficult to overcome that no amount of decent success was possible well he proved me wrong on that I still don't know exactly how he did it he had some good soldiers and we shut up and we just went along because we wanted to win too <laughs> well and what I was going to say you took the words out of my mouth there were some guys like you and I don't say that to butter you up I knew at the time you were one of the leaders on the team Kyle Shermer was yep. one of the leaders on that Justin team. School, yeah. Jared Pinkney, Keyshawn came in and instantly became a leader. Who else? I mean, dude, there were countless names. Oren Burks was Ryan White, Zach Cunningham, Adam Butler. There were just so many guys that were like, we're not going to let – because that first season was bad, and there was obviously an exodus of Franklin players that left that were like, this is bad. And some of us – a lot of us – a lot of us just stayed, and we were like, we don't care. We're going to make the best of it, and we'll, we'll, we'll grow with you, Coach. And – that's sort of what happened. We all were we all were learning on the job together. As bad as that sounds, that's what happened. And even though six win seasons, we underperformed in those seasons. Like we could have been eight or nine win teams, but it is what it is. So, well, the the other thing, I would be surprised if there's not a minority candidate in here too. I just don't know who it would be. There's not a lot of names that come to mind. Tony Elliott, Clemson was the one that I was hearing a year ago that they would pursue the offensive coordinator. I and I talked to source a source at Clemson who just laughed at that and said he'd like a bigger job, uh, and Vandy's a joke, is what uh, I was told. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, look, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and, and that's the other mm-hmm. thing that we need to discuss. The facilities are a joke. They've talked the mm-hmm. talk for a while. They need to be prepared to show the next coach, this is what you're going to get. This is when we're going to come out with it. Uh, this is what's going to look like. Here are the drawings. Here are the dates. In fact, make it if, if you're comfortable doing that with the coach, make it public. Come out with it. Do it in faith. Say, we will raise the money. We'll figure out a way. Uh, because that's the other hurdle. It, I've said for a long time that unless they fix a lot of other things, it's not going to matter. The next guy can't succeed. So I'm going to see – well, I, I shouldn't say that because James Franklin did. There are exceptional coaches who can do it. Um, mm-hmm. But – I think that's the other thing I'm going to be very curious as to how they play that. 
Yeah, I mean, if they came public with that, that'd be huge. I mean, that would be a, de- a definite commitment. If they put it in a, something like a contract, like here, 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 that would also be a good commitment. But I, there, anybody who interviews for this job, most people, when like a Clemson job opens up, they're opting to like they will sell their soul to get such a job, right? When it's Vanderbilt, you know, Vanderbilt is trying to sell to these coaches. So that's going to be a tough thing and it's going to have to come from commitment and either, you know, that's what, that's what, you know, athletic director and the new chancellor, that's what their words are going to come in more than any time ever. It's going to be, you know, what is their commitment to help this coach win and not end up like, you know, the same old Vandy that we always hear about. So I agree with you. There needs to be something. If it's public, that would be mad respect. But if it's something that they work out with the coach too, they just have to honor it. And, you know, this is going to be something that we could, that I can at least jump, I can jump on a train and try and build up too. So, Bruno, I think we're still trying to digest a, a lot of this on top of a really complicated week already. Uh, we're mm-hmm. frankly behind the scenes. It was just ugly. And, and frankly, it's been that way all fall. I mean, yeah. you, you know a lot of what I know. This has just been a nightmare to cover for the last, 14, Absolutely. 15 months, and it's been one thing after another. I, I talked to somebody today. I said, I'm ready to cover sports again and not a soap <laughs> opera because that's all this has been. That's all yeah. this has been since opening week of of last year where they played Georgia. You could tell something wasn't right. You didn't know. I still don't know the whole story. I know a lot. I will stand by the statement. I think you will, too, that there's a lot of stuff at that school uh, a lot of people have to be dug up and rooted out, honestly, and need to be, uh, because there's a lot of forces within that school that work against athletics. Hopefully they will take care of that part as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be, this is going to be a huge moment for Vanderbilt to look at itself in the mirror and really, you know, choose one way or the other. Are they going to commit? And that means in all aspects. Um, and what, like you said, I do think there are forces that work against Vanderbilt on behind the scenes. And we always talk about it. It's been, I do to Chris, I'm with you. I've been on, I'm, I do this like part-time right now. Right. Like, and it's exhausting to me. So I can only imagine people on the time. Um, but people think like, like I so said, I've been mixing in my thoughts and stuff on the board and stuff. And people think like, I'm, I go behind the scenes and I hit people up or I'm digging like, dude, those guys on the teams are my, are my, they're my, some of my best friends. Like I bled with those guys. And for the most part, I don't report everything they tell me. I don't report even close to everything. It's for the most part, I'm a, I'm a resource for these guys. They can come to me in confidence and I can give them advice. And, you know, th- cause guys will come to me and they'll be like, Bruno, man, like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Should I transfer or not? And obviously I'll give them the straight up answer, which is usually, you know, transfer. I I'm a little bit against transferring if unless totally necessary, but that's just a little bit of my role with the guys. Like, it's not like I'm over there, like trying to get the scoop and stuff. I think this new opportunity is going to open up for me to be able to, you know, open up even more in terms of journalism and stuff. There's not going to be a lot of, uh, there's not going to be a lot of fixations, but my role has always been, I think it's, Ryan Seymour, who is, who's basically a mentor to me after I graduated was, uh, he was like, listen, Bruno, we're always going to be Vanderbilt alumni, no matter who the coach there is, no matter who the AD is like, that's our, that's always going to be a part of us. So, and I took that to heart. So I'm going to always, you know, fight for what I think is best 
for the school and for the athletic department to be successful for those guys, just like those alumni did for me while I was there and after I graduated. And I think, uh, and if the, if the athletic department can come back and match us on that, I think we can create a good thing here. Bruno, I've learned as we're doing this unrelated to football, Vanderbilt has pulled out of the Mohegan Sun tournament next week with Connecticut. Uh, so just a little footnote to the podcast here. But I'll let you give closing thoughts as we end the episode. Of course, we've got a hot board up at Vandy Sports already. I will be digging behind the scenes to try to hear what I turn up. By the way, interestingly enough, Stephen Godfrey, who's really well connected, uh, said in the last week that the buzz in the coaching community uh, in the agent communities where well, they didn't think Vanderbilt was going to make a change. I find that interesting. Now, this speed, as you know, is impossible to cover because you get mm-hmm. conflicting info all the time. Absolutely. And I've made predictions I've been wrong about, so I'm not saying that to uh, mm-hmm. knock Stephen at all because Stephen's great at what he does and, and phenomenally well-connected. But it, it is interesting to me that the perception – um, but because I'd heard elsewhere, I mean, the, the, the buzz that I had heard from people that had talked to people in that community was they were going to make a change. But it's interesting. I, I don't know if something tipped the scales in the last week. Um, I mean, frankly, again, that, that situation yesterday, I don't know how he was going to have the team going forward, despite what's been reported everywhere. Uh, and you know that to be the case, too. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think this was their best chance to maybe try to pick up a win. Uh, you know, get used to a new way of doing things, let everybody catch their breath before you play Tennessee. Yeah. I think that, that that that's one thing. I think that, frankly, now, this fan base needs something good now. And Tennessee's a program that's got its own issues. I think that making this move now is maybe a way that you pick up a win at the end of the season because I don't think it was going to go that way if they continued on with him. Yeah, I mean, I and I agree with that. It's kind of well, there was a lot to digest. First, I want to talk on your first point real quick that uh, this beat is is impossible to cover, and that's from someone who is a direct direct source. If there's anybody who's ever like, oh, I have all the answers, or I'm the behind the scenes guy on this beat, man, that's someone trying to sell you a dream because that's just not that's just not how this thing works. And this is that's just how athletics works too. Like you can hear one thing and it works totally opposite the other Chris I heard from very good sort like the most trusted sources ever that he coach Mason was going to get fired last spring and it didn't happen so and that's part of that's just part of what it is um so if there's anybody that's selling like they have all the answers that's why I that's why I, I I agreed to work with you because you know we know what we know we don't know what we don't know and we'll report what we know and we'll always be honest and the story is the story and we're not going to spin it and that's what I appreciate but as far as I can tell, you know, there's going to be a million things going around. So I just want people to stay tuned. We'll get the facts, but don't always take something with a grain of salt. And if there's quick changes, like how this was, you know, this is just one example. We all did. We, I was for sure it wasn't going to happen until the end of the season, even if it did. I was thinking about it today and I was like, I don't think they're going to move on. Boom. It happens today. That's what it is. Um, also, yeah, I think this is a positive thing. I think I think a few guys in the like. It's there's some guys like Chris Pierce. I saw he tweeted out support for Mason. Chris is a lot like me. Uh, we both been a long time, and we obviously have great respect for the guy. But so, I'm not going to speak for inside the locker room until I've you know conversed with those guys. 
And even then, we'll see. We'll see. But I think this is, for a fan base as a whole, a positive thing going forward because we all knew it needed to happen. It is the start of positive momentum because even if we lose these games, you know, if we start showing – like we're going to be watching individual performances like Ken Seals, the young guys, KHB, um, the defense as a whole. This is going to open up opportunity for us to start building positive things in Vanderbilt, and hopefully those positive things you know, breed other positive things. Well, I think your guess, too, you've been saying this for a while, is that there are going to be more players that were going to transfer out at season's end. Yes. Uh, you had some players that opted out. You have some players that have just disappeared, frankly. Um, yes. And people don't know where they are. So, um, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I was going to ask you about that and because I think a lot of the frustrations went over Derek Mason's head and were directed at Candace Lee and, and people above her. I'm wondering now, now I think Derek has done his share of of adding on. And again, I, I think the last week, uh, I think he'd already started to lose a lot of credibility. Uh, I think, frankly, a lot of that had been happening all year. This has just been a tumultuous year, starting with stuff that happened in the summer mm-hmm. uh, that, mm-hmm. that I think has just ticked the players off one thing after another. And finally enough dominoes fall and kids are like, screw it, I'm out of here. But yep. I do wonder um, – what happens now with some of the kids that I think that are thinking about leaving? Do they rethink that and come back? Are they just done with it? Um, and maybe some of the kids who've already opted out, what happens there? What are your thoughts? So I knew I knew quite a few kids were going to transfer after this. And I knew 100% going to transfer. I think a few of them are still 100% out. They, like they're going to they're gonna try and, you know, try their hand. But – I do think this changes the ideas for some other ones because it's guys who could, you know, who might see themselves as earning a starting position again, or, or, you know, this is a fresh start for me kind of deal. And I, I mentioned earlier, the opt-outs weren't coming back. No way the opt-outs were coming back if coach Mason was coach. Now this opens up a lot of those guys, a window to come back if they want to with their eligibility. I mean, because let's face it, like the, that coaching staff's going to take it as, you know, they quit on the team. You know, I don't, I don't think they would honor them coming back or they would, they would welcome them. But now I don't think a new coach is going to care regardless. He wants as much, he wants as much good talent as he can get. So this is going to be interesting in terms of the opt-outs coming back and seeing who is going to transfer. Cause I had a decent number, like, three to four that I would say were certain transfers at the end of the season of like established guys, maybe, but at the, that team's so depleted, you know, everybody's kind of playing right now, but now we'll see at the end of the season. Um, I think some, there will be transfers obviously still, but I'll be able to, once, once, once everything's settled, I'll be able to, I'll be able to tell if it was, you know, more or less a, of a transfer wave than what I assumed it was going to be. So well, it's going to be interesting. We are going to have you covered at VandySports.com. We drop a lot of stuff in the war room. So if you're a podcast listener, there's a whole different world behind the scenes over there. I hope you guys will give that a listen. Uh, Bruno, I, I think you just wrapped up your thoughts there, but I'll give you the floor if there's anything else before we end this episode. Um, I mean, yeah, let's just – some closing remarks. You guys, obviously, I would hope that – I'm very early in this thing, Chris, and I appreciate you and the guys on the board for welcoming me, having me on, and giving me the opportunity to basically – we treated this season like practice for me. Um, and I like to think that I've earned some some trust because Coach Mason is someone that I credit a lot of, of my success to 
personally. And it was very tough to even, you know, think about being critical to him because if I feel like it's tough, I mean, I, I want to be loyal to the guy, but at the same time, I also want to have integrity and I wasn't, and you know, the facts were the facts. So when it came down to it, um, I said what I said and I always stood behind that. So I would hope that, you know, people appreciate that. And I think they do. And going forward, nothing's going to change. If anything, now, you know, I'm more of a journalist than anything. Now I'm totally like that, that whole element of a personal relationship between me and the head coach and, you know, covering an 0-8 season and what might feel, what feelings might conflict in that. That's all, all the way out the window for me. So I look forward to covering this team for you guys. I look forward to being on the beat. You know, I look forward to talking positive about Vanderbilt and trying to build build up uh, the community here. Well, one more thing. I do feel like we need to add this before we go. I really liked Derek personally. I think that when times got tough, uh, sometimes the last couple of years, it brought out the worst side in him. I think he got defensive. I think when Derek did not know how to handle the situation, he just sort of went all over the place. Um, I feel like when Derek was not in over his head and calm, he was a genuinely likable guy. I'm not a person who judges people by their worst moments. Um, I I Mm -hmm. really, really do like Derek. I really sincerely wish him the best. Um, I think he is, at his core, a genuinely kind-hearted human being. So none of the criticisms that I've had over Derek of of the year were personal. And and I hope that for Derek, he's able to take a breath because sometimes when you're in a bad situation (laughs) that you try to hang on to, and let's face it, Derek really, I think, was trying to cling to this job with everything he had and just flailing with his arms, just trying to grasp onto anything that would take until he had nothing left. I think that when Derek has time to calm down and relax, he will realize it was a bad situation for him. It probably was something he should have walked away from a few years ago. And I think that he will find a lot of relief in that and maybe find um, a lot of the better parts of his self that got buried under the stress. Yes. Take a break. I mean, eight years under Vanderbilt's going to crush you. And listen, like coach Mason, this is the kind of guy coach Mason is. I'm, 99.99% 99.99% sure after the 2016 season he had options to go to some big programs for real uh and he turned them down and he because he told us that's what he told us and he was like guys listen like I'm here for you we're gonna do this together and we're gonna build this thing and this is who I am and I want to do this he was all in and we were all in too I mean obviously things didn't go the way we wanted but that was just the type of guy he was and I I really respected that there's something honorable about what he was trying to do. So I hope he gets, dude, I hope he gets a break, you know, get some family time and then, you know, really reset, take in everything you learned. I hope he can take the criticism just like how I would take the, when he was ripping me, I hope he can take it and just be like, take it on the chin grow. And then we can all be cheering on his success at another program. Hopefully. Okay, Bruno, thank you for your time today. And uh, we will probably do another one of these later in the week with Seabass. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I will have some more podcasts. Um, I was going to plan my week today, and now I think the week is going to sort of plan itself. But anyway, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. All right, he's Bruno Reagan. I'm Chris Lee, host of the Vandy Sports Podcast. We appreciate you listening, and we will have more episodes coming later this week.